Hey, Rethink Life Church family. We're coming to you live from Switzerland. We just finished two amazing services, have two more to go later today. And Michelle and I just wanted to say how excited we are to be able to be here, what an honor it is. ICF, which stands for International Christian Fellowship, is doing an amazing work here in the country of Switzerland and beyond. They have over 50, five zero uh, locations, churches within their church planning network that God has raised up all over the world. It's incredible what God is doing. So we just want you to know, thank you for praying for us. It means so much. And we want you to know our hearts are with you today. I know you're going to be super excited as we get to celebrate our families. You know, it's one of the reasons why we're so passionate about families is to impact the next generation. And today we're celebrating the next generation through what God has done through our Adventure Week and our Life Kids Children's Ministry. And so today, Robert Mercado, who was raised within our church, he was, he, listen, he was saved. Life has been changed and transformed through our church. And today you're going to get to hear from him and hear his heart that he has for the next generation. We can't wait to see you on Sunday. Bring your friends. Come with great anticipation and expectation for what God is going to do. We love you. We miss you so much. Have an amazing service today. Oh, yeah. Well, isn't that awesome? So if you didn't catch that, my name is Robert Mercado. Um, and I am so honored to have an amazing lead pastor like Pastor Rodney, who can give me the opportunity to come up here and share my heart um, about the next generation, but really about um, the core value we're talking about today as well. It's so cool to be able to leverage technology to do something like that. Talk to him six hours ahead in Switzerland um, and still be able to have him at our church home. Uh, it's so awesome to have a pastor that's just that committed. Um, but I also love how we're able to have all our guests online. So if we can, can we give it up for all the Rethink Life Church family, both here and online? Yeah. Man, and so, I'm our, like I said, I'm our family director here. And so I oversee birth through 12th grade. And so I love students. Um, I love kids. I love children. Um, it is such an amazing opportunity to get to be a part of the difference makers in their lives. And um, thanks to you guys and your generosity, we were actually able to host a kids camp. So last, or not last week, but the week before that for 160 children's first through fifth grade, 150 children first through fifth grade that got to come and experience the love of God and his passion and just get to spend a couple hours with him, whether it was because their parents brought him because they wanted him to see Jesus or the parents didn't want to watch him for a couple hours. We'll take him, we'll show him Jesus, and um, we got to really enjoy that with them. And thanks to that awesome Adventure Week camp that we put on for them, we were able to actually see 31 little people, 31 kids, come to know Christ as their Lord and Savior, and that is absolutely amazing. So thank you guys. Thank you for your generosity um, and for investing in the next generation. Um, anyway, before I get too distracted, um, I have a word today that I really believe God's trying to share with all of us. Um, and as we get started, like I said, I'm our family director, so I spend a lot of time with kids. So what I want from you guys today, is there going to be some, a couple times, not the whole, not a million times, just a couple times, I'm going to ask you to repeat something or say something back, and I, if you've got to turn the dial back 20 years in the brain, whatever you got to do, I just do your best to really interact with me, have fun, shout it back at me, let's get loud, let's have some fun at church, all right? And so, with that being said, I am recently married, I'm married for a year and a half, all right? And so, yeah, come on. My wife is phenomenal. Um, and I love her, and anybody out there, anybody out there in a relationship, 
married, dating, whatever that might look like. Awesome, awesome. I want to know who's going to really understand um, this kind of story. So it's the summer, recently married. Um, I don't know if you guys know this. Um, if you're not married, listen closely. Um, once you get married, the wives, they have this thing for you called a honey-do list. All right, now it's this weird thing because it's not in any of the counseling books, it's not in any of the classes you take, but the wives somehow sneak it in there and it's this list of things they want you to do around the house and whenever you do one, they add two more. It's like a trap. It doesn't make any sense. And so it's the middle of the summer um, and so I was working on my honey-do list, so it was just about a month ago and I take our students to go tell camp. And so Go Tell Camp is a camp for our 6th to 12th grade students that we were able to take them to in Tacoa Falls, Georgia. And I come back, and it's like the 26th, 28th of June. And my wife's like, hey, babe, let's do 4th of July at our house. And I'm like, okay, cool. Well, it was like a sneak attack. So my, part of my list was she wanted like a paver patio in the backyard. So I had like got the pavers. I had dug it all up, but I was going to take my time. I got all summer to like finish this paver patio in the backyard. And I'm like, yeah, sure, why not? And then so we get home Sunday afternoon. She's like, hey, so you're going to have that, that patio finished by the 4th of July, right? Four days, four days. And I'm like, what? And I'm like, sure, I guess. So I go, I start getting my supplies. I start cranking it out. All my free time goes to trying to finish this patio. 4th of July comes. I'm still not done. I go to Home Depot, I look around, surrounded, bunch of men, all doing the exact same thing, finishing stuff on their list on the 4th of July, trying to get their house ready for their big parties, and um, so I grab my stuff, I'm in the line on the way out, and I'm a talker. I don't like, like, standing awkwardly with people, so I'm talking to the people behind me, which, as you know, at the grocery store, is still awkward, and um, we get to the end of the conversation, and it's like, how do I end? What do I do? Like, how do you end this conversation? Like, okay, bye. And so we're like trying to wrap it up. And the gentleman that I was talking to, he's like, yeah, he's like it's a lot of hard work, but at least we only have to do it a couple times a year. And I'm like, all right. His wife turns to him, goes, if you did it all the time, it wouldn't be this hard. I was like, oh, <laughs> okay. And then it made it really awkward. The next three minutes were terrible because like, what do you say after that? And um. But it challenged me, because, like, that guy, he got, he got challenged, and he got challenged hard. <laughs> um, but I was standing there, and I was like, this is crazy. But let's be real. She had some, like, knowledge to what she was saying. If you did a little bit all the time, it wouldn't be that hard. And today, we're talking about the core value. Excellence is our spirit. Can you say that with me? Excellence is our spirit. Boom. And I realized... I was getting my house ready for the 4th of July because I wanted people to come, feel welcomed, maybe give me a couple compliments. Oh, it's beautiful. It's so nice. What'd you guys do? Da, 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 da. And then I realized, how come I don't do that all the time for the house, the house of God, the church? It's like we take a couple times a year at our house to get it ready, make it excellent so people can come over, tell us how good of a job we're doing, it can be welcoming, and they can give us acknowledgement and praise. And yeah, totally worth it. It was great. Fourth of July was awesome. But what would happen if as a church, we would start to work at it every single day? Work at being excellent, making our house, the church, welcoming, praiseworthy. People come in, they're like, wow, this is beautiful. What would that look like? 
And that's where I want to talk to you guys from a point of today is it is so powerful when you begin to have an excellent spirit. And this put a check in my heart, honestly, because I was doing what that other guy was doing. I was cramming right before the 4th of July instead of working all the time at my house. Um, and I thought about it, and I was like, I could honestly probably count the number of times in a year that I really do an excellent job. And excellent, not to be mistaken with perfection, means when we excel, right? To succeed, to dig deeper, stretch further, to accomplish a goal in a way that you didn't even know was possible. That's excellence. It's not being perfect, because you ain't going to be perfect. It's doing our best. Can you say that with me? Do your best. Boom. I love that one. Um, and I threw that one in here because that's exactly what we teach our kids back there. Do your best. We have core values. And you know what we teach them? And I'm just going to share it with you guys. Is when we do our best, God does the rest. So that's our challenge today is how are we doing our best to see God do the rest? And this core value means a lot to me. So I work with, like I said, I work with our families. Kids nowadays, man, if it's not excellent, they don't want it. They'll switch to another YouTube channel. They'll play another video game. They'll start something new. They'll find someone new. They want something that's fresh, that's exciting. And if it's not perfect, they'll find it somewhere else. So for us in family ministry, this core value means a lot. If we don't show up, if the parents don't feel safe, if the kids aren't having fun, if a kid feels left out, they don't come back. And that breaks my heart. Because kids, they're our future. And so today I want to talk to you guys um, from a point. And the first point is if you're taking notes, you can write this down. Is an excellent spirit lead, is living a life of impact. A life that's going to impact others. And so that starts with foundation. So, an excellent spirit is living a life that impacts others. So your challenge is, let's live a life of impact. And like I said, that starts with a foundation. Just like my house, my house is on a foundation, which is the concrete slab that your house, your apartment, your condo, your townhome, whatever it is, it's on a foundation. And if your foundation gets a crack in it, starts to droop a little bit, your house, no matter how much money you have, no matter how much money you put into it, is going to start to look a little funky. It's going to lean. It's going to wobble. It's going to do all sorts of stuff, no matter what you have. So for us, if we're going to live an excellent life, it starts with our foundation. Now, your foundation does not mean your past. And I'm going to talk to you guys about a Bible character. His name is Daniel. The same character from Daniel and the Lion's Den, but we're going to go back a little bit in his story. So Daniel screams excellent spirit. Not just, like, in his actions, literally, the Bible says it. And so, in Daniel 6, verse, I believe, verse 3, it says, Then this Daniel became distinguished above all other high officials and satraps because an excellent spirit was in him. And the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. Screams excellence. And so, we're talking about establishing a firm foundation, and the principle of that is the foundation that you set your life on will determine and dictate the level of excellence it holds. If you throw some cinder blocks down, they'll work, but you're probably looking at a trailer home. When you do a nice concrete slab, you can build your house on it. 
I don't care how many stories you want, there's a foundation that can support it nowadays. That's what it's all about. And so um, we're going to look at Daniel, and we're going to go back in his life a little bit. So Daniel, in verse 1, chapter, verse, chapter one, verse 4, um, we see what's going on with Daniel. So Daniel, the book, his book in the Bible starts with a new king taking over his homeland. New king. That king comes in, and he's like, all right, so this is my thought now. I want all the young people to be my servants. So he sends his chief, and this is the, de the definition of the person he wants his chiefs to look for to take away from their family so that they can live um, as a servant to the king. And in chapter 1, verse 4, it says, Young men without any physical defect, handsome, showing an aptitude for every kind of learning, well-informed, quick to understand, and qualified to serve in the king's palace. He was to teach them the language and the literature of Babylonians. So Daniel, because of his excellent spirit, he took care of himself. He was ready to learn. He always did his best. So he met all the, qualifi all the qualifications. So Daniel was taken from his family. And that's, honestly, it's really kind of sad. But the truth is, this speaks a lot. You see, living a life with God and a life of excellence does not take you away from struggles. Daniel was taken from his family because of his excellent spirit. But with his excellent spirit, and using his excellent spirit, through that struggle, like through your struggles, he succeeded. And that's why in verse, in chapter 6, verse 3, we see it says, Then this Daniel became distinguished above all others, high officials and satraps, because of an excellent spirit was in him. And the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. So he went from being kidnapped to being over the whole kingdom. Under the same rule. Why? Because of his excellent spirit. So today, my challenge is, church, let's start to do what we need to do to at work look excellent. At church, look excellent. In your homes, be excellent. You know why? Because an excellent spirit leads a life of impact. Now, I'm our family guy. And I am really passionate about families. You know why? Because foundation building is what I get to do every single week. You see, back there, we teach little nuggets, little insights on foundations. Loving God, loving people, doing your best, having fun. Because church, you can believe in God and do your best and still have fun. And so we teach that to them back there, and that's my favorite part. You know why? I was doing some research, and the Barna Group, which is a research corporation, did some studies. Did you know from the age of 1 to 12, 70% of your morals and values are already determined? From the age of 1 to 18, you have 95% of your morals and values. That's why I love families. Because I get to change those kids, not for a year, not for two. You know, they might become 13 and start to question all authority and go whichever way they want. But the Bible tells me when we, as a church, we do our jobs on Sunday and you guys as a family do what you can throughout the week. When we raise up the kids in the way they should go, they will grow and not depart from it. So they might get lost along the way. But because of the foundations we get to teach back there, they always come back, and that's a promise from God.
And so that's why I love family ministry. That's why I love children's ministry. But the truth is, you guys play more a role of it than you think. Families is the number one place someone can get their morals. Obviously, you have the most time with them. But the truth is, how you act at work, the person you are when you're around your kids, the level of excellence in your spirit will leave an impact on everybody you touch. And that's why today we're talking about excellence as our spirit as a church. Because when we come together and throughout the year, we're putting in our effort to dig deeper, stretch further, do our best, and reach the people out there, it's going to make an impact. And when you show up to work and you dig deeper than your coworker and you do better than your coworker and you stretch farther and you plan to succeed and excel, well, guess what? Your boss is going to notice. Your coworkers are going to notice. Why are you trying so hard? What are you doing that for? And they may ridicule you for it, but ultimately, they will notice. And what that allows us to do is that opened up the opportunity for us to pour into them, for us to reach out to them. And when they're struggling, saying, why in the world are you so happy all the time? Why do you work so hard all the time? You're just as tired as me. You're just as tired as me. What are you doing? Like, why? An excellent spirit honors God and opens people's hearts. People, when you are excellent, see you in a way they've never seen you before. If you're normal, if you're regular, there's no reason for them to notice you. You're one in a crowd of many. When you're excellent, you get noticed. Now with that number, right, we get 95% of our morals by the time we're 18. So sadly, some of you guys, you're extremely blessed. And you had families that were able to give you those morals when you were young and you have them, and you live out some of them, and right now you just, this, maybe this could just be the wake-up call for you to just start focusing on it a little bit more. But some of us are in the 5%. And it's like, well, that's not fair. What do I do? The sad part is that 5% normally only gets a new value by a traumatic experience. That's how you get those other 5% of values. You lose someone, you're going through hard times, you're looking for a solution, and all of a sudden you realize, oh, maybe I should swap this value for that value. Just like right now, if you wanted to build a house, you have to go choose the land and choose the foundation. Having an excellent spirit as a foundation, for some of us at this point, we have to choose it. It's not ingrained in us. We didn't have that opportunity, but that's okay. Now is your time to choose to be excellent because you want to live a life of impact. So when you choose to be excellent, that 5% gets to be excellent, just like everybody else. Some of you are in the 95, some of you are in the 5, but all of us can be excellent. So part of being excellent um, is just doing your best, reaching farther, stretching faster, and we covered all that. But it's also being willing to play your part. Being willing to play your part. So we're going to have a firm foundation on God, but we're also going to be willing to play our part. So in Daniel chapter 5, verse 13, we come in on Daniel, and he's lived kind of a mediocre life at this point. He's been devoted to God and always excellent, but he has not accomplished much yet. His excellent spirit has gotten him noticed, but people have also used it to get him in trouble. So while he was in jail, 
he spent some time with somebody, and through his excellent spirit, he helped them. We're reading this verse, and what's happening is the king, so this king is the son of the king that kidnapped Daniel, um, and he has had a dream, and it's been bothering him. He doesn't know what it means, and the person that Daniel helped in jail told the king, hey, I know this guy, he was locked up with me, and he was able to help me interpret my dream. So the king brings in Daniel, and he says, so Daniel was brought before the king, and the king said to him, are you Daniel, one of the exiles my father the king brought from Judah? That's how he knows him, as an exile that got, that got kidnapped from his family. And then he proceeds to offer him money and gifts in order to interpret his dream, but Daniel was willing to play his part. He said, Daniel answered the king, keep your gifts or give them to someone else, but I will tell you what the writing means. You see, because Daniel was willing to play his part and use his gifts for God's glory, in chapter 6, verse 3, it says, Then Daniel became distinguished above all the other high officials and satraps because an excellent spirit was in him, and the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. You see, here at church, we're foundation builders. We're people reachers. We do what we do here on a Sunday morning to reach the people out there. Some of you guys, this is your first time in here, and welcome home. But church, let's start to do things with a spirit of excellence. Let's start to play our part. You see, there's a verse in Romans 12, verse 4 through 6. I'm going to read it from the message paraphrase, and it's talking about the body of Christ. That's what we are. You see, we are the church. These four walls, the high school, not the church. They're a church, but we are the church. We are the body of Christ that gets to reach our friends, our family, our kids. That is us. And so this, this um, paraphrased version of Romans 12, 4, it says, In this way, we are like the various parts of a human body. Each part gets its meaning from the body as a whole, not the other way around. The body we're talking about is Christ's body of chosen people. Each of us finds our meaning and function as a part of his body. But as a chopped off finger or a cut off toe, we wouldn't amount to much. So, since we find ourselves fashioned into all these excellently formed and marvelously functioning parts in Christ's body, let's just go ahead and be what we were made to be, without enviously or pridefully comparing ourselves with each other, or trying to be something we aren't. You see, I love this passage, because first of all, it lets us know and it reminds us, we are all chosen. Each and every single one of you guys are chosen. And everybody has a gift for the body of Christ. And so all of us individually, we can do something. A finger can poke. You know, a toe helps you walk. A lung helps you breathe. And a lot of us have this misconception. You see, this room, look around, has a ton of people. Can you turn to a neighbor and say, you are the body of Christ? Oh, man, that was a little weak, but it's all good. We'll keep it going. Um, so each of us plays a different part. But as a church and as people, we can come in, and we, because the church is here, there's worship, there's a service, the kids had a place to be, there was coffee, we don't realize that what goes on behind the closed doors, before you got here, that was a struggle or that the church didn't get to do 
because you weren't here. Because you weren't playing your part, we weren't able to do whatever that might have been. Or something was harder than it had to be because we were missing you. You see, as a body of Christ, yeah, the church, man, we have an amazing dream team. We have a team of people that comes, and they do all of this. And this is a great service. The lights are beautiful. The coffee was great. The chairs were lined up. This, all the little cards were on the seats. Awesome. How much more could we do if you stepped in and you played a part that we might not even have for you yet? You might have a gift that we don't even know we can use because we have never had the opportunity to talk to you. You see, as a church, we assume because it happens, it's good. But I'm here to tell you right now, from the insider's perspective, everything gone. We have hands that are missing bones, arms that are missing muscles, feet that are missing toes, because we're missing you. Now, God is going to move with everybody that we have. But with you, we can be so much better, so much more excellent. Right now, we're working on one lung. You know how much faster we can run if we had to? So church, my challenge to you today is let's step up, let's begin to pursue excellence, and let's begin to do our part, play our part. Now, in order to pursue excellence, you have to know what excellence is. So that brings me to my third point, come prepared. So if we have a firm foundation, we're playing our part. The third challenge is coming prepared. You see, Daniel, he had done this before, so he came prepared. He knew what was going to happen. He knew what was going on. And so if we're going to come prepared, what we need to know is that in order to be prepared, we have to start to honor God in all aspects of life, in work, in relationships, and church, all through excellence. If you got it, say got it. Come on, church. If you got it, say got it. There you go. Come on. All right. And so when we start to honor God at work, in our relationships, and through church with excellence, guess what? Those kids that are coming here, they have a foundation to build on from home. Those, your coworkers, you have an opportunity to reach them now. Why? Because you're excellent. You're honoring God with your excellent spirit. And because of that, you receive favor from God when you need to have those conversations, when you want to invite someone to church, when you're talking to your kids, when you're going through those motions, your excellent spirit will speak more than just the words you say. I can tell parents all day long, oh yeah, we love and we're going to take care for your kids. 100% true. But if they show up and it's, they can't see that, then they're not going to want to bring their kids back there. That's just the way it is. Let's show the walk that we're saying we're talking, all right? And so with that, if we're going to come prepared, you need to know what excellence is. There's only one way to get God's definition of excellence. That's the word. Church, a lot of us come to church on a Sunday, and that's great. But if you're going to start showing up to work prepared, if you're going to show up for your kids and you want to be prepared to be a spirit of excellence and show them what excellence looks like, you have to get in the word. There is six other days in the week outside of a Sunday, and I can promise you God loves you every single one of them, not just on Sundays. Let's start to become a student of God's word so we can become students of excellence. That way, when we want to go and be excellent, we know what we have to bring to the table. Come on, church. Let's say this. Excellence is our spirit. 
Come on, excellence is our spirit. All right, good. I'm glad you agree because I think we got some work to do. Let's go out into our workplaces. Let's go home. Man, those kids, they need role models. You know, we take those kids every single Sunday. And it's my favorite time of the week because I get to help build the foundation in their life. I get to help start a spiritual decision in their life. I get to be the hands and the feet of God, pouring and reaching into those kids. And guess what? That's thanks to you guys and your generosity, but you can be a part of that too. In all honesty, I don't care what your gifting is, what you're talented at, God has a place for you. Each and every single one of you guys are chosen. And you have a purpose and a place to be where you can help accomplish the glory of God. So church, I want to equip you with that today. So personally, for me, I help with our family teams. If you would like to find out more information about how you can join me, because I want every single one of you guys to be a part of my family team. I don't care if you're 13 years old or 73 years old. There's a place for you. You see, to me, when I think of an excellent children's ministry, I think of a church that can attract children to a ministry where we get to teach them God, teach them love, and teach them how to be excellent people. So what that looks like for me is, I want you to, guys, let's go. We're going to go into imaginary land. I want you to picture this for me. You pull into church. You walked up. A family pulls in, family of five. They're walking up to church. There's a team of people out there holding signs, giving high fives to the families and the kids as they walk up. And all of a sudden, one of the kids sees his leader. He lets go of the parent's hand, runs to his leader to give him a giant hug. Is so excited to see him. The leader walks them back to the room. The parents check in effortlessly. They let their kid go. Don't even have to walk into the classroom because they're confident and they know that we're a church that cares about families. You don't believe me, ask Pastor Rodney. I am so blessed to be working with a lead pastor as amazing as Pastor Rodney that loves families so much. You know why? Because he knows, like I know, that families reach way more than just the kid. You see, the Barna Group did some more research. They find out that 94% of all spiritual decisions are made before the age of 18. So you have 95% of your morals and 94% of spiritual decisions that are made before the age of 18. I don't think that's a mistake. You see, what happens is why we're so passionate about families. Because when I reach a 12-year-old, a 12-year-old that's excited to come to church, running in to see his leader, that Sunday morning, I guarantee you, when mom and dad woke up, they went to wake him up, he hopped out of bed, and he was excited to go to church. Maybe a little bit tired, but he was excited to be here. And when a kid is excited to be here, if mom and dad don't want to show up, mom and dad show up because their kid wants to go to church. When mom and dad show up, even if they're struggling, even if their foundation used to not be right, and they hear the word of God, and they hear how much God loves them, and they know and they learn that they're chosen, even if they don't receive it one month, two months, a year later, two years later, they become part of that 6% that may not have had a biblical foundation, 
but God used their kids to get them to church where he can reach into their lives. That's why we love children's ministry. That's why I love children's ministry, because yeah, I might minister to six-year-olds, but the six-year-olds get their parents to church. So if we want to be a church that impacts our own families, we have to be excellent. But if we want to be a church that reaches our community, your neighbors, your friends, because I'm sure all of you are thinking or can think of at least one person you wish was at church with you today. Maybe somebody you wish you could talk to about your relationship with God, but because they don't come to church, you just feel like it might be awkward. We all have that person. We all have that family member that might need just a little bit more help from God. So church, let's up our level of excellence and let's start to exemplify that we are a church where excellence is our spirit. Because together, we can make way more of a difference than apart. And so if you would like to be a part of our children's team, I want to personally invite you. I would love to work with you. I don't know what your gifts are. It might be typing in a computer. It might be graphic design. It might be being a smiling face or a loving mom or a cool uncle, a cool older brother. Trust me, kids need all good role models to look up to. Just you being there and being available, because trust me, you don't need all that many skills. You know what the kid wants to know? He wants to know that you love him and that you're there for him. That's it. You don't need a whole big package of gifts. I'm not a teacher. I don't, are you available? Could you love them? Well, if you want to be a part of our kids' team, in your seats, there's a card. You can fill that out. I would love to talk to you about it, answer any questions. Now, the church, the body of Christ is way bigger than my family team. Yeah, do I, do I want as many of you as possible to help me make an impact in families? Yeah, you know why? Because the more families we reach, the more parents we reach. But ultimately, wherever your talent, wherever you feel like you can have fun and you can enjoy serving at church. Man, I have a friend, his name is Terry Pugh. You'll see him out in the lobby at the Next Steps banner. If you wanna know a little bit more about where you could serve, what other ministries we have, what other opportunities we have, because like I said, you might be the first one to ever think of it, but if we have it already, Terry can introduce you to the person who leads it. And so find him, talk to him. But church, let's step it up. Let's start to get involved and let's help to make the church, our home, more excellent. Not because it's the 4th of July, not because, because it's Christmas or because it's Easter. So we want to invite all of our friends to Christmas and Easter. But because it's church and it's Sunday and my, our house is welcoming and worthy of their praise. Just like we make our house welcoming and worthy of praise when we have special events. Every Sunday is a special event. Because every Sunday, we get to reach more lost people. And so with that being said, I want um, to talk to you guys a little bit more about the 6%. You see, as a church, the 95 that's either made or started their spiritual, spiritual decision before they were 18, that's awesome. And we get to be a part of that, and we get to use that to help us reach the 6%. But the truth is, some of us are here... And you never, you didn't grow up with the knowledge of God. You didn't have that foundation. So what do you do? It's a choice. You see, God gives a gift to us freely. And because you didn't know it before, doesn't mean you can't be a part of the 6%. Because you have a place and you have a purpose in this house. And God has chosen you to be here just for today. 
So if you think you might be a part of that 6% and you never got to make that spiritual decision, you didn't have those values and morals, well, today you can make that decision. You see, God, he loves each and every single one of us enough to die for just you. And so he did that for all of us. Why? Because he knew the impact that you can have in your family, on kids, in your community. He knows the impact you can have. So he sacrificed himself for you. And because of that, if you want to go and join the 6% that make their spiritual decisions after the age of 18, or maybe some of you in here, you're under 18 still, then it's really easy. And we're going to pray with you guys, and let's all just bow our heads and close our eyes and